Hey there, SLP. You are listening to this podcast, so I know that you love to listen to podcasts. And if that is the case, then I know that you are going to love my secret private podcast, Secondary Secrets for SLPs. It's six short episodes that will have you walking away feeling refreshed and inspired and ready to take on those challenging secondary speech students. So if you work with grades four through 12 and are in a planning rut or wanting some fresh new ideas to keep your students motivated, make sure you head to speechtimefun.com slash secondary secrets. You are not going to find this podcast in your iTunes podcast search browser. You can only get access by going to that link. So head to it now. It is six short episodes that you can listen to it in under an hour, like totally Netflix binge-worthy. I made this just for you, and I know you are going to love it. SLPs have been telling me already that it has changed their way for working with their older speech students. So head on over, again, to speechtimefund.com slash secondarysecrets, or use the link in the show notes, and I can't wait to hear what you think. Now let's head on to this week's episode of SLP Coffee Talk. You are listening to SLP Coffee Talk. I am your host, Hallie Sherman, and I am a licensed speech-language pathologist who is in the trenches working full-time in a public school in New York. I am the author of the blog and Teachers Pay Teachers store, Speech Time Fun, where I love helping other SLPs conquer the overwhelm and get back hours spent on prepping activities. I am here to help you be the best SLP you can be and have fun while doing it. Just like your morning cup of coffee, this podcast is just what you need to start the day or week. Let's jump into today's Coffee Talk. Hey, hey, and welcome to another episode of SLP Coffee Talk. Today, I want to talk to you about something, a question that I get asked many, many times. And I see written in Facebook groups and all that fun stuff. And it's something I talk about a lot in my presentations that I do. And it is, why are we working on reading comprehension in speech? And why some of these reading comprehension goals, why are we doing them? Isn't that reading? Such as like main idea, inferencing, predicting, summarizing. And this episode is going to be focusing mainly on main idea. Because that's one of the most common goals that I'm working on with my older speech students. And it's because if you think about the hierarchy of skills that our students need, after they tackle that WH questions, they need to be able to get the gist before they can move on to more complex comprehension questions. But before I go into why we work on that, I want to talk about why we're working on reading comprehension in general. There is evidence saying that behind the key components of a successful reader is decoding and language comprehension. So in the early grades, they're focusing heavily on decoding. And then we get the grades three and up. They're no longer focusing on that unless they need some remediation. But a lot of the tools to assess whether a student needs remediation or not is focusing on decoding. It doesn't pick up the comprehension difficulties. And we know for a fact that once our students tackle the decoding, they need more. They need more assistance to be able to understand and be able to read to learn which is what they're expected in the older grades. And what language concepts are needed? Vocabulary, sentence structure, memory and recall, social inferencing. They need to understand characters' perspectives and things like that. All of those things are our domain. Question types, that's our domain. Verb tenses, 
right? They need to know if the story happened in the past, present, or future. And when the question's asking them, what are they asking for? All these different things is our domain. So yes, teachers might be working on it as well, but they're typically practicing the skill over and over again, maybe doing an anchor chart, giving them some scaffolding, but we can teach it with a language lens, okay? So there was evidence that there is a research article that showed that students ask to find the main idea, which requires them to filter out unimportant information and hold in memory while concisely stating the gist of the whole thing rather than asking them over and over again. Okay, so think about it. When you're asking a student about the main idea, what do they have to do? They have to understand what the story is about. They have to filter out unimportant information. They have to hold it in their memory and be able to verbally express what it's all about. All those things are language domain. Okay, we have to do that versus asking them just practicing main idea over and over again, which is typically what happens in the classroom or in reading support and things like that. So how do we teach it differently? And I'll, I'll put a link to the research article about that. So how do I teach it and what do they suggest in this article? My strategies are all evidence-based. So one, who or what is it all about? Who's the main character? It might not be a person. It might be an inanimate object. Our students need to understand that. And this is typically for fictional texts. The strategy might be different if it's fictional or nonfiction. So our students need to understand that as well. Step two, what is the most important idea about who or what it's about? So who is it about and what's the most important idea? And then they have to be able to write or say the gist. They have to write and say it and express it. So that is the evidence-based strategy for working on main idea. And then they say, if they struggle with this, remind them to look back to the text or look at headings. Text structure will help them understand if there's problem or solution in, in the text that could help them with the who and the what. So teaching our students text structure, looking back in the text, all of these different compensatory strategies and strategies that could really help our students. And there's tons of evidence online that shows that teaching different text structures and all of those things is going to help them overall with their language development and reading comprehension. It might not necessarily show in standardized testing because that's not like our self and told and all those different tests are assessing. Yes, understanding spoken paragraphs, it's a one little snippet. But isn't it the overall goal is success in the classroom, right? Our overall goal is not success on a standardized test. So again, who was it about or what was it about? What was the most important idea about the who or the what? And then expressing the gist, having to put it together. So what I like to do with my students for fictional texts, I like to do who or what is it about and what happened to them or what did they do? And if it's a nonfiction text, I like to have them say, what was the topic? What was it all about? And what did you learn? Or what was the author's purpose? So say we read an article about sharks and we learned about how dangerous they are. So the article was about sharks. And what did I learn about them? What was the author's purpose? To teach me about how dangerous they are. And you can give them that framework. Give them that sentence structure. Give them those closed sentences. So like a sentence, a line underneath it. Who or what? The story is about uh, Cinderella. And what happened to her? She met a prince at the ball kind of thing. So it's teaching our students, like, did, did it matter that there was a mouse there that helped her. Like, yes, it's a fun detail, but is that what the whole thing was about? Is it important that what color her dress was? That's not so important. So all of these different things can be stepping stone activities and objectives and session objectives that you can do if they are struggling still with the main idea. So you can say, okay, we need to work on first understanding whether it's fiction or nonfiction. We need to understand determining main character. We need to understand what is important not important, and then determining which is the most important. So all these things were important, which was the most important. Being able to evaluate that and reflect on that will really help our students. Okay, so now that we know a simple strategy and some building steps and skills that our students might need, how do we know where to start? Do we start with the text that they're reading in the classroom? 
No, we need to start from the beginning. I like to start with pictures. So I might use New York Times, what's going on in this photo, and just display it and say, okay, so who was it about? We don't know their name. We say the man, the dog, the woman, and what's happening to them. And you can go through all the different pictures in that website and do the same thing over and over again. You can take a storybook. You don't have to read the story. Just show them the illustrations, what's going on. You can take pictures on your phone. Hopefully they're clean and appropriate about what you did over the weekend. Can they get the main idea of each of your photos? That is Mrs. Sherman when swimming in the pool. That is Mrs. Sherman eating ice cream. That's what it's all about. Who is it and what are they doing? Okay. Then step two, make sure they know how things go together. Do they understand the concept of like categorization, what does not belong and all those things? Can they recognize sentences that go together? Can they recognize details that go together? So you might have different facts about soccer. Do they recognize that those facts go together? Okay, so you can go there. Then you want to make sure that when they hear a paragraph, who was it about, what happened, what was it all about? So pictures, can they recognize how things go, sentences go together? And then take the paragraph and can they determine who is it about and what happened to them? And then you can go to two paragraphs, three paragraphs and get to a story. And once your students are finally capable of that, you can then do per page, per chapter, the whole story overall. But I find my students get very overwhelmed as the text gets longer and longer. So even when we're doing a five-paragraph article on like newsela.com, I might break it up paragraph by paragraph and use my our main idea strategy as a note-taking strategy. But it's also to teach them to check for understanding and as a note-taking strategy to know where to search, look back in the text when they have a question for text evidence. So how is this main idea? Why do I need to know this? Because it's a great way to check for understanding Your teachers are always asking you what the story is about. And that's the next step, is teaching our students the different ways that question might be asked. It's not always asked, hey, what's the main idea? It's what was that story all about? What was the big idea of that story? The central concept. There's so many different terminology. Okay, and now your next thing is probably asking me, so what grade is this probably for? Well, as of I think like first, second grade in in the Common Core Standards, main idea is mentioned. So this is something our students are always needing to be addressing and working on. But it really doesn't matter what grade they're in. You have to look at what levels are they at? What are they capable of? And where can you start? And then where can you take them? Do they get the idea that things go together? Is it, can they do the main idea when it's a picture? But when they get a text, do they fall apart? Okay, maybe you need to do one sentence, two sentences, three sentences, and build up from there. Use a graphic organizer. Use sentence starters. Use those closed sentences, some sort of sentence frame to teach them how to look for what is important and how to verbally express it and give them like a guide of like a key of all the different words that ways it might be expressed. When they see that kind of question, they know what is expected of them and show them how it is relevant in their classroom. This is how they use it. Okay. So to go back, we know that our students benefit from language comprehension and it'll help them with reading comprehension. We know that they're expected to express main idea as one of the skills in terms of their reading comprehension. We know that there is evidence that students benefit more from just being asked to practice main idea over and over again. They need to be able to filter out that unimportant information. They need to hold it in their memory. They need to be able to concisely state the gist of the whole thing. They need to be able to do all those things. And all those things are language domains. That's our domain. And that we know that an evidence-based strategy for teaching main idea is teaching the who or the what is it about and what is the most important idea of the who or the what, teaching them how to express that gist by giving that sentence structure. Okay, and to teach them to look for headings, to think about the text structure, think if there's a problem or solution. We can help them do that. We have that capability of taking a step back and looking at the big picture of 
Why are they struggling? And how can we teach it to them differently? So I hope you found this helpful. I hope you are thinking about your students, thinking how you can present this a little bit differently, you know, maybe taking a step back and starting at the picture level, maybe thinking, do they recognize how maybe some sentences go together? Maybe do some sentence sorting. Do they recognize that this paragraph, all these things have to do with soccer, all these things have to do with birthday parties? Do they recognize that? Do they recognize when they see the word, you know, what is this whole thing about? What is expected of them? And how can we give them those compensatory strategies to know, okay, when that happens, I need to know who is it about, what happened to them? Boom, done. I only say one sentence and not many sentences. Okay, so I hope you found this helpful. In the show notes, I have a link to my main idea, Tic-Tac-Toe Game. It is free and it'll give you what you need to determine where your students are at. So playing Tic-Tac-Toe gives you pictures that you can use for practicing main, uh, main idea. It gives you categorization, sentences, and paragraphs. So this way, it's four different levels, and you can determine where your students are at while playing a game. You can use this as like a baseline tool, as progress monitoring, as part of an evaluation, or even just as a therapy tool. I hope you found this helpful, and I can't wait to have you join me next week on another episode of SLP Coffee Talk. And as always, I have a joke for you. Why do trees try new things each year? Because every autumn, they turn over a new leaf. But I'm ching Until next week, guys, stay out of trouble. Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of SLP Coffee Talk. It means the world to me that you're tuning in each and every week and getting the jolt of inspiration you need. You can find all of the links and information mentioned in this episode at my website, speechtimefun.com. Don't forget to follow the show so you don't miss any future episodes. And while you're there, it would mean the world to me if you would take a few seconds and leave me an honest review. See you next week with another episode full of fun and inspiration from one SLP to another. Have fun, guys.